given the things that have been going on and what we've been seeing happen, I think it was time for this kind of a message to come forth. So today we are going to be talking about ready or not, here he comes. Yeah. Ready or not, here he comes. We're talking about Jesus. These messages, we need to bring them forward from time to time for three reasons. Number one, to give us who believe in Christ, to give us hope. Because the Bible says when you see all these things beginning to happen, it says, look up for your redemption is near. So for us today who are believers, who have put our hands on the plow, who are pursuing after God, we are pursuing after the things of God, who are wanting souls saved and delivered and brought into the kingdom. For us, it is that there is hope. It is that no matter what we see, as long as we keep doing what God has called us to do, that Christ is coming back soon. For another group of people, this message will be a warning to you. A warning that you need to straighten yourself up. That you don't know the time, you don't know the hour, it could be right now. That you need to be ready, because if you've been in church, and you are a believer, everybody knows you as a believer, and the rapture comes, and you are left behind, you will have only yourself to blame. And then for the third group of people, it's for us to get to work. And that you were saved for a reason. He says, go ye out into the world and be my disciples. Be a witness to what you have received. To what he has done for you. And that salvation that you have, that has made a difference in your life. You go out there and make sure you snatch others away from the grip of the enemy. So these are the three things, objectives that this message is going to have today. Matthew chapter 24, verses 36 to 39. It says, But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Nobody can tell you it's going to be in 2028. Even Jesus doesn't know. But as the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will be the coming of the Son of Man. There are a lot of things there, and I'm going to probably stay on that scripture later on. Jesus says, I'm going to give you a sign, as it were in the days of Noah. So for us who are here today, we are going to look at the days of Noah. What was happening in the days of Noah that Jesus is telling us, if you want a sign, it's going to be as the days of Noah. Jesus also gave them a sign. They came to him, all the religious leaders. What are you about? Who are you? What are you doing? And he told them, you generation, all you want is sign. All you want is 
days and months, whatever. He says, the only sign I will give you, the coming of Jesus, the coming of me, my coming, will be as the sign of Jonah. They had no clue what he was talking about. But after he died, the sign of Jonah was. Jonah was swallowed by the fish for three days. Jesus died, went to Hades for three days. After three days, the fish vomited Jonah out. And Jonah went to Nineveh and brought the whole place to salvation. Hades could not hold Jesus. After three days, what happened? Jesus came out. Jesus rose. And his, and his, his resurrection is why we are here today. What he predicted was exactly what happened. And now he's telling us again, I am coming back. No doubt about it. I'm only going to give you two signs. The sign of Jonah. And let's look at the other sign. The sign of Lot. We'll go to that. There's a place it said also like the sign of Lot. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1. NLT. It says, now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last days, in the last times, some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. Some of these things, as I'm reading them, I just want you to think of what we are experiencing now. Let's just see the parallels. Amen? Mark chapter 13, verse 32. It says, watch therefore and pray always. Watch and pray always, not sometimes, always. That you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass. They will come to pass. No doubt about it. To escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Now, some people will say, we've heard all these things before. We've heard, we've heard that he will, my parents talked about his coming, they're all dead. Everybody talked about his coming, they're all dead. Let me tell you something. And see what the scripture says. In Second Peter chapter 3, verses 3 to 4, and then 8 and 9. He said, knowing this, knowing first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the father fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. But beloved, do not forget one thing, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years. And a thousand years is one day. We're not going to use our time system to put God in a box. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness. God is not slack. God is not weak. What God says, he honors his word above his name. What he says will come to pass, will come to pass. He's not slack. Listen, the reason why he's waiting for this long. He says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that anyone should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's the only reason. If, this, if this, the gospel is preached all over the world, the Bible says once that's done, the last person hears the gospel, he's coming back. He's coming back. And you all know we have internet now. With TikTok alone, you can do one TikTok thing, 
one billion people will watch you in less than one, one, one hour. We know that we have a way to reach the whole world like never before. You can see the things, and as I go along this message today, and prob- probably the next couple of weeks, you are going to see things that will really open your eyes. So you begin to say, you know what? I need to probably check some things and put myself in line and in order. This is not the time to slack. I'm telling you, this is not the time to slack. Then some says, well, ah, the Bible is written by me. Ah, whatever. But do you know, there were over 300 predictions, prophecies, in the Old Testament about Jesus. He fulfilled every one of them. Over 300. There was a study done. Let me get that. In Pasadena College, and it was published in Science Speaks. And it was Professor Peter Stoner. That was the professor's name. He took eight. He's a professor of mathematics. The probability that Jesus could fulfill only eight of those predictions is what they studied. Just eight. Not, we have over 300. They just took eight. Do you know what they found out? If you take a dollar coin and you mark it, and you put it with ten coins in a bowl, and you mix them together, the probability of you picking that coin that was marked is one in ten. For eight predictions that Jesus fulfilled, it's like this. You take that same coin, and you put it on the floor, and you bring coins that fill the whole of Texas, and it's two feet deep. I'm talking about the whole of Texas. And then you take this big thing and you stir up those coins, stir them up. And then they tell you, go pick that same coin that was marked. That is the probability of Jesus fulfilling only eight. But we have historical accounts that Jesus fulfilled 300 plus. So you tell me a man could have done that. You tell me Isaiah will write something. Jeremiah will write something. Zechariah will write something. Zephaniah will write something. Malachi will write something. David will say something. And all of them sat down together and said, let's say these things. I mean, we are smart people. So when God says it's going to happen... And it's predicted it's going to happen. They predicted that Israel would come together as a nation. Nobody thought it would ever happen. Now, when the, Israel, the, 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 country of the, the, the country of Israel now, the nation of Israel, sorry, came together. People, they have Jews that are black from Africa. They have Jews that are from China. They have Jews from Alaska. They have Jews, they have Jews everywhere. And yet they all came together all in one accord. Living now in Israel. That was foretold. And Jesus said, until that happens, or rather Daniel says, until that happens, until the regarding of the people, God will not come. That has been since 1948. So there are so many things, I don't want to go into all of those facts. But I'm telling you that this Bible can be trusted. Amen? Amen. The world will end one day. You will wake up one day, And by the end of that day, you are no longer here. Even if you don't live to see Christ coming, you are going to wake up one day and by the end of that day, you are in a mug. That's the truth. 
Are you ready? Because ready or not, here he comes. First Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51 and 52. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. <laughs> you know how many times we blink in a day? 20,000 times. So I want you all to open your eye and blink. Is that quick? Just that blink is going to be that quick. It's not something that I say, oh God, please, 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 let me quickly read the verse. No. You blink 20,000 times a day. And in one of those blinks, the trumpet will sound. Okay? First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. This is what we call the rapture. This is what I'm talking about. That Jesus is coming back again. That it was predicted. And just like every prediction has come to pass, this one will come to pass. Amen? Amen. Now, Jesus himself gave us some predictive signs we are supposed to look for. And I'm going to look at those today with us. The Holy Spirit wants us to look at these things carefully. The first one is the one I talked about, the sign of Noah. In Matthew 24, 37 to 39. But as the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. As in the days of Noah. Eating and drinking, not following and looking and seeing what was going on with Lot. We are coming to that. The second sign, the sign of Lot. And you find that in Luke chapter 17, verses 28 to 30. Likewise, Jesus says, as it was also in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank. Remember the first one he said in Matthew? They were eating and drinking. It says here again, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Verse 30. Even so will it be in the day when the Son of Man will be revealed. Just the word Sodom. We know what Sodom is. Sodom is Sodomy. Look at our society now. Rampant everywhere. We now have pronouns, there, them. Teresa was telling me the other day, what kind of pronouns? You are not he or she anymore now. You are it, they, them, whatever it is. And they are forcing it down your throat. There are churches, there are pastors now saying there's nothing wrong with homosexuality. As in the days of Lot. We'll come to that. 
Number three, spiritual signs and physical signs. Matthew 24, 38 and th- uh, verses 3 to 8. Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be? He was talking to them about the end of age. And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered them and said to them, Take heed that no man deceives you. That's the primary sign he said there. We talk about the earthquakes and the pestilences and the wars and all, but the first thing he says is take heed that no man deceives you. Deception is running rampant. We can see it everywhere. That's the first sign. So we must watch against deception. He says, for many will come in my name saying, and I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of war, of wars. See that you are not troubled for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. In one of the scriptures he says, it's just the beginning of birth pangs. And if you are a woman here, you know when your labor starts, you cannot reverse it. Once that water breaks and those contractions start, it's going to happen. You cannot reverse it. We also know that as the time progresses, those pain pangs, those labor pains get more intense and more close together. He's telling us that when we see wars and rumors of wars and when we see famine and pestilences, when we see those things, it's just the beginning of birth pangs. So it means that it's already started. And it's going to get more intense as the days go by. And it's going to be more frequent as the days go by. Amen? Amen. Now deception is what he talked about as the very first sign. So it's important for us to understand the times and the seasons we are in. It's very, very important. I say this almost every Sunday I'm here. We must be spiritually intelligent. You cannot be spiritually naive anymore. I want you to always, anything you hear, anything you see, anything you read on social media, before you react, put on your spiritual cap. Put on your mind of Christ that you have. And tell yourself what is going on here. If you do it that way, I'm telling you, you will be praying every minute. Because when you see things, your first reaction will be to pray because you understand what the enemy is doing. The deception that is going on is for us to respond in the flesh to some of these things. A lot of us are doing that. We respond in the flesh and we don't see the spiritual things going beyond what is going on that we are seeing First Chronicles chapter 12 verse 32. It says, Of the sons of Issachar who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. He says there were 200 of them. And because they knew what they need to do, they could discern the times. All their brethren were at their command. We are to understand and discern what the times are. When we had COVID happen in 2020, Since COVID happened, the church in America is down by 35%. But at the same time, more people were saved and reached than ever in the history 
of the world. You see how there were two responses? Those that understood the times and understood what was going on, they were finding ways to reach people that were locked down. They were putting out stuff out there on their Facebook pages, having Zoom prayer meetings, having Zoom in churches, everything to reach people. And more people were saved in those two years than ever in the history of the church. But meanwhile, there are some believers not here today, sitting down beside you today. Because that's the time they fell away. That's the time their love for God grew cold. That's the time they lost their zeal for the service of the Lord. That's the time they found things about who is to take the vaccine, who is not to take the vaccine, who is this and who is that. But they forgot to see the spiritual thing going on. That's what I mean when I said being able to discern the times. Because if we're able to discern the times, we'll be like the sons of Issachar. Not only are we going to save ourselves, but other brethren, other people will look up to us. We must begin to have eyes that are just beyond these eyes that we have. If, if in the winter you're dressed in, in shorts and in bikini, we'll look at you and wonder what's going on with you. At the same time, if it's July, August in Houston, and we see you with a winter jacket with socks and, uh, and gloves and, and a hat, we'll say something is wrong. You have to always tell yourself in the spirit, am I dressing according to the season? That's a question we almost always ask ourselves from time to time. Amen? Am I making sense? Now we are going to go to the sign of Noah. The first sign that Jesus says we are to look for. The sign of Noah. And as I read, I just want you to parallel, parallel it to what we are seeing in the world today. Genesis chapter 6, verse 5 and then verses 8 to 9. It says, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That's the times of Noah. Only evil was in his thoughts continually. Wickedness. He says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was what? A just man. Noah was a perfect man in his generation. And Noah walked with God. We're going to look at those three. But first of all, Total corruption was going on. Total, co continuous. The same is taking, take, happening in our times today. I don't know about you, but when I want to watch a movie now, I can only go to Pure Flicks to find a movie. No matter how, even if they say the movie is for a year old, halfway they have to use a curse word, they have to introduce two men kissing, or two women as married people having children. I mean, it is everywhere. The corruption is, the, the, the deprivation is just mind-boggling. Is that not what we are saying today? The Bible says that everything, their thoughts, everything was just evil in their thoughts. Sexual perversion, violence, blasphemy. The F word is thrown around, if even um, children... Blank, 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 blank. And that's where we have to live. 
But in the midst of that, God said, the Bible says, Noah found grace. The grace of God is open to everybody. Even all of those that were wicked and their thoughts were evil continually, they could have found grace in the sight of God. But what set Noah aside was those three things. Noah was just. Noah was perfect. Perfect doesn't mean he didn't do wrong. It just means he was blameless. And then the third thing, Noah walked with God. What does it mean to be a just person? What does it mean to be a perfect person? Just just means he behaved according to what is moral. He was moral. So he wasn't watching those movies that had the F word and the homosexual people kissing. He wasn't doing that. Although it was all around, around him. He wasn't into pornography. Although it was all around him. I'm bringing this home, people. Let's talk about it. Okay? Let's talk about it. It's happening. They had a pastor's conference in the city. That weekend, pornography watching on, on, on internet went up by over, up about 56 or 57%. The only difference was that they had a pastor's conference that brought pastors from all over the country into that city. So let's talk about it because it's here in the church. Noah wasn't doing any of that. Noah wasn't committing fornication. Noah wasn't in adultery. Noah wasn't drinking and smoking and doing all drugs. He wasn't. The Bible says Noah was a just man. He wasn't perfect. He was, the Bible says perfect, but it says blameless. If you really look at the root meaning of that word, Noah was blameless. Blameless means he was upright in the way he treated others. He wasn't holding on forgiveness. He wasn't saying, because Brother B didn't greet me in church today, I'm not going to come back to church. He wasn't saying, I will not forgive my ex-wife or whatever because of whatever. He was blameless. He treated others the way he wanted to be treated. He didn't have ulterior motives of what he would gain when he was working with other people. That was Mr. Noah. And that's why Mr. Noah found grace in the sight of God. He says, Mr. Noah walked with God. I've walked with people. I've walked with my husband, my children. We go take a leisure walk. When we are walking, we are close by each other. I'm not walking on one side of the street and he or she is on the other side. When you're walking with a friend, you're close to each other. And as you are walking, you're sharing things with each other. You're talking to each other. You're exchanging ideas, exchanging thoughts with each other. That's what he's telling us Job did. Job took the hand of God and they took a, a nice walk down the street. So when you are walking with God, Mr. Noah heard from God. And I will see, you will see all the things that he talked about, how he heard and he did all that God commanded him to do. How God told him to do this and he, he heard it and he did all that God told him to do. Noah heard from God. Noah heard from God. Noah could hear the voice of God and not the voice of things that are going on around him. Noah heard from God because Noah walked with God. Noah was pleasing God because when you are walking with somebody, you can't be in disagreement. 
He pleased God. His attention was focused on God because when you are walking with that person, your attention is focused on that person you are talking to and the person you are walking with. And you are walking with that person. You are, if you decide to go from a walk to a jog, the two of you jog together. If you say, Lord, I, I'm, I'm short of breath now. I want to slow down. The two of you slow down together. So Noah was in rhythm with God. Noah didn't go ahead of God. Noah didn't slow down where God said, let's run. Noah didn't run when God said, let's walk. That's what made Noah to find grace in the sight of God. What is God telling you to do? Are you ahead of him or are you behind him? That calling, that ministry, what he's putting in your hand to do, you know it. He's, he's gone ahead and you're still walking. What has he called you to do? You will find grace in the sight of God when you walk with God. So what lessons are we supposed to learn from Noah? I'm just going to read some verses for you. The first thing is that Noah heard from God directly, directly for himself. Noah wasn't going from prophet to prophet, from conference to conference, so they can speak a word to me. You have your own Bible, Noah. Read your Bible and hear from God. Genesis chapter 6 verse 22. Does Noah did according to all that God commanded him? So he did. Genesis 7 verse 5. And Noah did according to all that the Lord commanded him to do. The Lord was commanding and Noah was hearing and Noah was doing. Genesis 7 verse 9. Two by two they went into the ark to Noah. Male and female as God had commanded. Do you think he went... I started looking for one female tortoise and um, a male one, or one female dog and a male dog. He just called them. He just called them. They went in, and he called them because that's what God told him to do. He did everything. He says two by two, they went into the, into the ark. They went to Noah because he called them to him. Male and female as what? As God had commanded him. What are you calling to yourself? Because what you call to yourself is what's going to come to you. The words that you speak, what you command is what you're going to get. Genesis 17:16. So those who entered, male and female of all flesh, went in as God had commanded him. And then the Lord shut him in. So we just read four or five verses now. You see that Job did everything that God commanded him. Listen to me. Listen good. The word of the Lord must be supreme in your life. The word of the Lord spoken to you, it is written, is superior, far more superior to I heard. It is written, is far more superior than I dreamt. It is written is far more superior than I saw. Because some of these religious experiences we are having, or some people are having, that is not backed by the word of God, is leading millions of believers astray. Because we want the stuff that titillates our flesh. You know, the person fell in the spirit. Nothing wrong with that. Oh, they gave me a word. They gave me a prophecy. Nothing wrong with that. It's part of the fivefold ministry. 
God has given prophets and, and teachers and evangelists and pastors and all of those gifts for the church, for the building and edification of the church. But when it becomes things for you to feel comfortable in your sin, God forbid. You go from conference to conference, from ministry to ministry, from prophet from prophet. What did God say? For, what did God give you for me? Why can't you find out what God gave you for yourself? And so you find people today, they are in this place for seminar. Tomorrow they are in this place for conference. Oh, the word of a man now becomes more important than the word of the Lord. In the last days, many will be deceived. Sit down and read that Bible yourself. Get a commentary and see what that word means for yourself. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning was not a prophet. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning was not a dream. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning was not what you saw in the vision. All those things came because the word came first. So you sit down and read that Bible for yourself. And get the word of the Lord for you. And get the word of the Lord for your family. And get the word of the Lord for your community. And then get to work. It's not always about you, how much money you are going to have. It's not always about you, how the, uh, this is going to bless you. Because if all those words they are telling you is about you, how you are going to succeed in your business, let me tell you, Lord, see, you can use, you can use Jesus for anything. He's not going to, t- because the Bible says he's going to let the weed and the wheat grow together. So the fact that you are in church, the fact that you pray, the fact that you say those things, God knows the intent of your heart. You can use Jesus for anything. You can use him and the church to build your business. You can use him to make money. But a day will come, you are going to be deterred. And he's going to take you out and you are going to go into the fire. Don't you dare use the people of God to make money. They come into the church, all they want to do is how to set up their business and tell you to come and buy this and buy that and buy that. You sit down and read your Bible, people. It's a warning. And I'm not missing words because the Holy Spirit is not missing words. We are too precious to Him. And there are people waiting on us that their destiny is on our shoulders. You cannot afford to let these things deceive you. The first sign Jesus gave was agreed we are going to see earthquakes. Three weeks ago there were seven earthquakes within 24 hours in different countries. Yes, it's going to happen. But we forget the first thing he said. Deception. And he wasn't talking to people out there in the world. He was talking to us. He says in the last days many will be deceived. Not few. Many. The love of many will grow cold. Beware. Because ready or not, he's coming. Make the word of God supreme. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16. It says, for by him all things were created. All. If you want the money by him, all the money you need will be created for you. If you want peace by him, the word of God, all the peace you need. You can't get anything outside of the word of God. You cannot. And if you do, it's going to give you hell. By him, 
all things were created, both in heaven, in here, both visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, everything were created through him and for him alone, alone, alone. Not for you, not for you. It's 11.56. I'm going to stop here. We're going to continue next week. We're going to look at how Noah, the Bible says Noah was a preacher of righteousness. Noah was 500 years old when the Lord spoke to him. He was 600 years old when he entered the ark. So Noah preached righteousness for 100 years. And out of all those people, and the Bible says the earth multiplied. That means there were a lot of people. Out of all of that, he could only get his family into the ark. So don't be discouraged if you're doing the right thing and people are mocking you. Do you know what it must have taken for him to be building an ark? Remember, before then, before the flood, the Bible says the water, the dew will come from the earth. And that's how the dew watered what they needed to, to, be, to water. There was never a single drop of rain. Never rained once. Talk less of a flood. They never saw a cloud in the sky. And God spoke to this man, Noah, and said, I'm going to make it rain. And in 40 days, the rain will flood everywhere. He's never seen rain before. He's never seen a flood before. But for 100 years, 100, he kept building an ark, just following the direction God gave him. Because God gave him a detailed direction of what to do. He followed it to the T when nobody was listening to him, when nobody was being saved, when nobody was, was encouraging him. But he lived a life before his family that at least he got his family. What life are we living? Do we get discouraged just because people are not doing this for you? Do you, it because God didn't answer one, one prayer you had, Turn your back on God. Meanwhile, you know the instruction and the direction he's given you. Are you a priest to your family? Are you going to go to, into the ark and leave your children to drown? We're going to talk about this next week. I am not in a hurry to finish this series. If it's one month, we will do it one month. Because we are going to look at Lot. Then we are look, going to look at the signs that Jesus talked about. We're going to look at some things. And like I said, my objective is three during this series. Number one, to give us hope. This is not to make us all whatever, to give us hope. But then, as a warning to us, for us to go back and say, you know, there are some times you need to put yourself on a time out. Take yourself to that one corner and say, Angela, listen, what are you doing? Ready or not, he's coming. Strengthen those areas that are weak. Those feeble hands, strengthen them. And they know that there's work to do. You have children maybe that are not yet saved. You have family members that are not yet saved. We have a community that needs Jesus. What are you going to do about it? Whether they say yes to you or no. Whether they clap for you or not. What are you going to do about it? Stand to your feet.
Yeah. Mm. That's what exactly what I did when I finished preparing this message. That's exactly what I did. I was like, God help me. Before I preach this message, Lord, please help me. If, if God has spoken to you, just come to the front. I, I mean, there are some days now, I, I've seen, I mean, if you're still caring about what people think about you, I want to look cute. I don't want them to think there's some, if you're still like that, stay on your seat. But if this message spoke to you and you're saying, Lord, please let me be Noah. Noah wasn't blameless. Noah wasn't perfect. If you go down as you read, you find out this man drank. I mean, but Noah found grace with God. So if you're here today and you're saying, Lord, just help me. I have areas in my life I need to strengthen. I'm here with you. Just come. But if you want to be cute, if you want to, you can stay there. And these days, it's, it's everybody, you and your God. It's you and your God. Jennifer, I need you to come here. I'm always here to pray for you. Anytime you need me, I'm here. So come to the front here. Just sing, where's Germany? Sing something real slow as we all contemplate, as we all think. Because I want God to speak to you yourself. There are times a man cannot say so much, but you have the Spirit of God, and God, you have an area He has put His finger on. Let Him speak to you, amen.